Welcome to the ladies of Delta Sigma Theta sorority, my sorors. We are celebrating 110 years of fortitude, baby. So everywhere you go, if you see a sister in red, you can pretty much guess she's a member of Delta Sigma Theta sorority today. And uh, don't be baffled if you hear some ooh and, and throwing up, you know. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. You know, I'm feeling feeling pretty good. So, you know, I, I'm still nursing a broken heart. I, you know, it takes some time. I love that it takes some time because you know what it gives me? You know, when you have a broken heart, this is what it does for you. It gives you a chance to look over the whole entirety of the relationship. Just, and I like that because I remember things that I had forgotten about the things that we've done together the stuff that we accomplished together. Uh, so it's nice. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could ever say a broken heart is nice, but it is nice to sort of go back and look at how we met, how things progressed, what the things we did, where we went, the people we know together, the people we've got in common together. I mean, it's, you know, the first time he cooked for me, the first time I cooked for him, you know, when we were in the pandemic, all the virtual, the, the one or two virtual cooking classes that we took, the dinners that we ate together virtually. <laughs> it, was a, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing love affair. The gifts we, we exchanged between us, very thoughtful. Um, oh, and, you know, the time I went to Paris, the time that he went to Paris and brought me back a beautiful silk scarf. Um, uh, the, the time I went to Paris and him and his mother made sure I had a good time, which was, you know, I, it wasn't even, it was such an un, unexpected treasure. Um, uh, the, when I met his his family, when I started meeting his family, I met his daughter. When I went to Vassar with his daughter to sit in on her class because she invited me. Um, the time uh, I met his sister. Um, I mean, I just, you know, when I first met his mom, you know, <laughs> so there, there. This is a real, honest to God, love story. It is a love story, and uh, and like he's like he has said to me recently, uh, it's a it's a love it's a it is a everlasting love story, and he is absolutely right. It is an everlasting love story, and I I believe that to my core. Uh, but I need some we need some time apart. That's fine. Time apart is a good thing. It's a good thing. It, it, it allows us to reset boundaries, fingers crossed, uh, and see where we are. Plus, you know, he's moving into uh, other waters, and and he should. He absolutely should. It's time. And it's time for me, too. <laughs> Although, it is time. As a matter of fact, it is absolutely time for me to, to date. And, uh, and to seriously date, not... Not half-assed date the way I've been doing it. You know, meeting people for coffee and just like, yeah, whatever, bye. <laughs> and treating people, I don't want to say not serious and, and not interested, but not, not doing enough to sort of say, I'm open to this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing enough of that. And, and, that, and I have to do that. You know, I have to, I have to do that. And for a long time, you know, he has been my, he has been my, my, my unboyfriend. 
And so it's, you know, and so saying that just means he satisfied so much of what I require, you know, it just satisfies so much of our required. So, so I never really felt compelled to sort of look for a not unboyfriend. <laughs> you know see what I'm saying? Like, I never felt compelled to like look for a not unboyfriend because he satisfies so much of what I enjoyed in a man, you know, kind and generous of heart, smart, well-read, well-traveled, speaks a couple of languages, you know, and funny. And we laughed so much. And he was always amenable to all the things that we did so many romantic things, so many, you know, so, so, so that really was, and and listen, I don't begrudge none of that. I think all of that, um, all of that was in me to get out of me and to make me a better me. And it has, I mean, it really has, you know, so, you know, I, I never had to deal with, uh, hey, what do you want to do today? It, it, it was never that kind of relationship. It was, hey, I'm doing this thing. would love for you to come. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Babs, let's go do this thing. There's always something to do. And I, 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 that's what I loved. Do you know what I mean? Like effort. He was so romantic. So whoever gets him, whoever gets him better, better appreciate his level of romanticism. Or I'm just going to beat their ass. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. If if you if you do not honor that level of romance and that level of intensity, you just you just you just dead. And don't be afraid of it. He's not one to hurt you. He's a, he's he's beautiful. You know, he's just beautiful. And I and you know, I, I like somebody that I could be my authentic self with. And and that's really that's really the crux of this for me that he allowed me to be my authentic self. I didn't have to change. I didn't have to be thinner or taller or lighter or darker or, or, or you know, I didn't have to have straight hair or green hair. I didn't have to do any of those things. I could just show up. And he just thought I was the most amazing woman in the world. That Every woman wants that. I just show up and he's like, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you smell good. Oh, you look good. Oh, I love this on you. Oh, blah, blah, blah. He never said, Oh, you're fat. Oh, you're too tall. Oh, you're loud. Oh, you're too quiet. He never, I never got any of that ever, 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 you know? So, except that one time when, when I was losing weight for my hip surgery and he noticed and he's like, oh, you look better. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, I think I said that wrong. <laughs> I was like, I, I think you did. <laughs> Look better. It's like, no, no, I mean. <laughs> uh, and I thought, and that's still funny to me because I knew exactly what he meant, but he said it wrong. <laughs> but I knew what he meant. I knew exactly what he meant. So, so yeah, so, so I miss, I already miss all of that. I already miss, you know, sharing with him the, the, the intimacies of my day. You know, that's another thing I would say, uh, but, but, you know, listen, I can already tell you that we were already going, 
were we were already going down this road. I think I like a, I think I knew a year in a, a year ago that we were starting to sort of trying to shift this thing and turn it. You know, it's like a Titanic, this thing between us. So we try to turn it, turn it. Uh, and I, I could feel, I saw it. I could feel it. I could see it. And then, and then we would fall right back into our, 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 our unlover pattern. You know, we acted like lovers. We talked like lovers. We walked in the world like lovers, but we're not lovers. We are lovers on, on some intellectual plane, you know, on some metaphysical plane, we are lovers, but we were not physical rolling the sheets lover, but we acted like it, you know, and, uh, and that's got to stop. <laughs> so yes, my heart is getting better and better and better, but I, I like taking this opportunity to sort of think about us in this totality and all the pictures. I have so many pictures of us, pictures of us in New York, pictures of us in Madison, pictures of us in the jail, pictures <laughs> I mean, just pictures of us. His mama got a picture of us at the house. I mean, we just we just got pictures of each other doing cool stuff and being in fancy places and not fancy places and eating catfish and I mean cooking and grilling and I mean just all the things that you do. And uh but that 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 and it is lovely to think about. It is it is lovely to think about. And it, and it doesn't make me sad. It makes me quite happy that I, I maintain a love affair of that caliber. That's, listen, I'm an intellectual person first and foremost, and I'm a very romantic person. And so that that coupled with, uh, that 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 mixture, it was just wonderful for me. It's just, it just made, you know, and, and the relationship allowed me to just blossom in other areas. And it took away this, this idea of there was no love in my life. There's lots of love in my life. And he certainly added, he added to it in such a big, big way. You know, he, he made me see what, what love between a man and a woman could be like in real life. And that's the truth. Like what, what love could be like in real life. And I'm forever be grateful for that because it, it really just, it, it really took a lot of the, the toxicity out of, all previous relationships that I've had. I never had a relationship this good in my life with a man, except fr friends, you know, but friends that didn't go this far in terms of how we were with each other. And we were, are pretty intimate with each other in terms of, you know, how we deal with each other. And that's a beautiful, that I, I would want that for everybody that's in relationship to somebody. Like you should have that depth you know, it just makes you better. It made me better. I'm better. So now it, I, the standard, the standard is so damn high and that's fine. Like it's not an impossibility. It's just, I'm, I don't have no room to settle for anything less than what I had with him, what I have with him, not even had what I have with him. So that's not, I, that's the standard. That's the gold standard right there. There's no other, I, I can't entertain any other kind of foolishness ever, ever in my life. So these years with him, and it's been quite a few, five or six, seven years uh, with him just requires, just, just instills in me that this kind of love is very possible and very necessary. 
Very, very necessary. I, I like, you know, even when I was mad at him, it was a good mad, right? <laughs> and there were things that I, I just didn't like about him. Uh, and that was okay. And I learned something about acceptance. You know, when you love someone, it's like when you love your children and they do stupid things and it's like, you still love them. You don't not love them because they make bad choices or they do stupid things or egregious things. You, you still love them. It doesn't change, right? You can be mad at them and love them all at once. So same, you know, there were things about him that I didn't like. That's fine. I'm sure there were things about him, about me that he didn't like. I'm sure of it. <laughs> he never said not one word to me though, you know. I know, I think he said one time I said something mean-spirited and I did. That was the one and only time I ever did that because I just didn't like who I was when I did that. And uh, and, and I, I begged for forgiveness because I that just what that's just not who I wanted to be in that moment. So, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so so yeah, I'm 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 nursing this broken heart. <laughs> it's it's not debilitating. It's not crippling. I'm not sobbing. <laughs> I am remembering and remembering with a great deal of love and uh, happiness. That's fine. I, I like it. And I, and I want to hold on to these memories and, and thoughts and, and all these things. Um, so, so anyway, that's the update on the, on the broken heart. And at some point it'll get to a place where I won't even mention this anymore, but right now it's still very fresh. Um, and, uh, and every now and again, since, 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 since the brief break, I've just been remembering things and, and just like, oh, I remember that. I remember this. And I feel a little bit of, a, a, you know, a little bit of heartache about, you know, whatever, but, but that's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not 13. <laughs> What's it? Tears on my pillow, pain in my heart over you. I don't, it's not that. <laughs> it's it's not it, it's not that. It's it's a uh, uh, if you need me, call me. I'll be there in a hurry. It's that kind of you know, you know. Ain't no mountain high enough. No, it's that it's that kind of thing. Like if you need me, I'm gonna answer. If you call me, I'm gonna come. That's it. That there's no there's no none of I'm never gonna see you again and I never want to see you again. It's never gonna be that. It's never gonna be that. You know, but it but you know, it, it is time to reset these boundaries and reset them we must and we shall, you know. And I feel all right. You know, I feel all right. <laughs> So anyway, I'm in my red. I'm in my symbols because it is uh, it is Founders Day for Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Um, and then on the 15th, it's the AKAs. And then uh, a couple of days later, it's uh, uh, Zeta Phi Beta. So uh, so we are we are 110 years um, doing this work. And uh, we were part of the women's suffrage movement. Uh, founded at Howard University, 22 
collegially trained women um, who wanted to make a difference, not only in their community, but the world. And I am honored to wear these colors, to pledge my life to this organization, uh, to sisterhood around the world. And, uh, and it means something to me. It means a great deal to me. Uh, and it's been my honor. I have been, I have been a member of Delta Sigma Theta sorority since fall 82. <laughs> so that tells you how long I've been in this game. So I've been in this game a long time and I'm happily a member of the New Haven alumni chapter and have been so for the last, I don't know, 20 some odd years, I guess. Um, so I am, uh, I am happy to be a member of Delta Sigma Theta sorority. And I think the work that we do here and abroad is some of the best work ever done by women anywhere. So, uh, so our theme this year is uh, forward 110 years of moving forward with fortitude and baby, that's the God's honest truth. <laughs> so uh, it's, that's the truth. So we'll see how all this goes. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, more years serving, 11 decades of service, 11 decades of service. So I'm looking forward to serving. So anyway, so if you see some, if you know some Deltas, you see some Deltas, wish us happy Founders Day. I got a... Um, I've got a, a some morning, good morning, uh, happy Founders Day from people that I like. Thank you very much. And and if you go to all the social media sites, it's red, red, red everywhere. So, and uh, these earrings that I'm wearing today, uh, they are one. They are a gift from uh, uh, Dory Dumas, who is an AKA, and uh, and over the years she has given me a great many earrings because she knows I'm an earring junkie. And every time she sees an earring, she brings me some. And she saw these. She was, I think she was at her, I think she was at their convention and she saw them and she brought them back. This and a bracelet and some other things that she got for me. Uh, and I, I thank you, Dory. I'm wearing my my Dory Dumas Delta Sigma Theta uh, earrings. <laughs> and I got on a red sweater. I don't have um, I don't have a simple sweater on. This is actually my Valentine's Day sweater because it's got hearts on it. It's got hearts on it. So I wanted to put it on because I knew I was going to wear my earrings. So I was like, oh, I'll just wear, I'll just wear the hearts because it's all about love. <laughs> it's all about love. So get your hearts right, people, and get, get into this game of love. Get your hearts right. Get your hearts right. So Ife and I, I got my, my I, I didn't have a flank stay. I had a petite, uh, uh, a petite filet. Mignon, uh, little petite steak yesterday. We went to Il Gabbiano for lunch. It was pricey. Oh, but it was so good. So, you know, they bring you these big trays of called plates. <laughs> so we had a petite steak and a salad because that's what I was craving that. So I had a petite steak and a, and a Mediterranean salad, which is just, you know, although I would, I would ask them, they should use different tomato. They should use Mediterranean tomatoes. They should use like plum tomatoes or, or um, Italian tomatoes. They should they should use those tomatoes. These these old regular old 
store-bought tomatoes don't have any flavor. They really should. And I, I might mention that to them. Like, you know, you might want to use a flavorful tomato. You know, think about that. But for the, but that's my only, you know, and they probably should use a better, a better bread. I like the bread was good, but it wasn't like there are places that serve amazing bread and they, and they really should serve amazing bread. But other than that, you know, had a good glass of uh, Gavi, a nice little white Italian wine. So that was nice. Um, uh, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, I, I, I think the place is pretty. So I like, I like going there. And the fact that, um, you know, used to be all kinds of other restaurants. So they moved the bar out of the way. So it's not the elephant in the room. So now you have a real dining experience. It's a huge space, though. I don't know how to keep up with all that space. It's a lot. You know, it's like step down and there's tables and then there's tables to the outside and tables to the back. And I mean, it's a lot. But it was fine. It's great. So I enjoyed my, I had enough lunch to bring home, you know, and I ate it last night. Oh, and I had them roast me some potatoes. I didn't want French fries. I wanted potatoes and they roasted me some rosemary potatoes, baby. Those potatoes was everything. They were really good. They were really, really good. So anyway, so that was lunch yesterday. It was just what I needed. A little bit of steak, some vegetables, you know, salad. It's great. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it with with Kamalata olives and all of that. So, so yes. So I so I got what I was craving. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have a craving today. I don't I don't. I think I satisfied it. Maybe another salad. I, although I would like another salad from the salad shop downtown on Whitney Avenue. I like that place. I like the salads that I get. I I just get a, I just make my own salad and I throw all the things. And let me tell you something. They make a damn good potato salad. I throw that in there too. Potato salad. I might get me one today on my way to get my nails done. We'll figure it out. We'll see. Um, but yeah, they make a good, they make a good salad. You know, you just tell them what you want and they put all the things in it. So so I actually I make a good salad. <laughs> but if I buy all the stuff to make a salad at home, it would just go to waste because I wouldn't eat it every day. Do you know what I mean? So I, let me tell you, I've wasted enough salad in my lifetime, you know, in the fridge. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So I, I, I'm just one of these people, I'll just buy a salad at the house. I'll buy a salad in the streets. And then unless I can buy a little bit of stuff to make a salad at home for maybe one or two salads and not like a week's worth of salad, cause I won't eat it, you know, cause I go out a lot. And so I'm just, you know, I wish I could tell you I didn't, but I that would be a lie. <laughs> so there you go. That's the that's the thing. That is the thing. Anyway, happy, happy, happy Friday. It is Friday in the Elm. It's MLK weekend. People are out doing stuff. We doing stuff. We about it. You know, uh, listen, we're gonna do the damn thing. And just uh, be our best selves. Just be our best selves out there. And uh, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, we'll have a good weekend. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff going on. And I'm going to try to, I don't know how much, how much I want to really get into this weekend, but we'll see. We'll see. 
uh, we'll see. And uh, yeah, and the weather, I think it's not raining, so it might be a little bit better. I don't think it's going to be shiny and bright out there, but it's not raining or snowing. So we got, so that's a plus, you know. Uh, my idea is I wanted to do a little bit of a fast. I need a little bit of a new year reset. And a fast will do that for you. You know, I said this yesterday, a fast, a little bit of a fast was reset my heart and mind and body a little bit. I don't feel out of sorts, but I feel like uh, I should take this time and you know, get a little fast in and, you know, chill. That's what I'm thinking. That's That's what I'm thinking. So, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes, you know. You know, I start drinking a little wine and get with folks. It it then it becomes on and popping. <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> it does not take much. Does not take much. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. So I I don't want to talk politics because I'm I, I hate people. <laughs> this love magnet hates people i don't want to talk about biden i i damn sure don't want to talk about kevin mccarthy and his shenanigans i don't want to talk about any of that i don't want to talk about i don't want to talk about that little six-year-old kid that shot his teacher and and the language around he was deliberate about doing it and i'm sure he was and i i don't want to talk about with the possibility of his parents being held accountable for this and I don't, I don't, I, I think we, I think until we, and this is all I'm going to say about this, until we are seriously ready to do something about our gun sickness in this country, I, I just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit here and look at people. So I don't want to talk about that. I, I don't know how a six-year-old has a presence of mind to say, I'm going to take a gun and shoot my teacher. I don't even know. I don't even know what that's about. I, 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 when I was six, I certainly wasn't thinking about killing nobody but <sighs> I don't know uh, I don't know so anyway I don't want to talk about that and uh, I damn sure don't want to talk about New Haven politics and the shenanigans and foolishness of that <sighs> The lackluster of things. <laughs> I don't. So what is what is left to talk about? <laughs> oh, oh, um, we lost uh, um, Lisa Marie Presley, who uh, Elvis's only child died. She had a heart attack. Fifty-four years old. All that money and. You die from a heart attack at 54? Money can't buy you nothing. You know, and she she, she tough. You know, her son had death by suicide. She had three other children at the at the house. You know, her mama, mama's still alive. I know that's got to be grieving her mama to bury her only child. Jeez. And she was just at the Glo Golden Globes with, with the guy who was, you know, portraying her father in the film. You know, I don't know. I just, 
the world is a little upside down, but maybe the world is always upside down and, and we're just, we're just now forced to pay attention to it. <laughs> I think that's probably more the truth that the world is upside down, but we're forced to, uh, we're, uh, we're forced to deal with it. I don't know, but that was very sad. Um, that was very sad. And, uh, I'm sure there'd be tributes all over the place. Uh, you know, she had her own little band and she had a couple of albums under her belt. Um, some one or two critically acclaimed. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't watch the Golden Globes. I tend not to watch awards anymore. One, because I just, you know, if I'm watching them, I'm watching them for the fashion. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm watching because I want to see who is what what people are wearing. But you know, I know so little about these people now. Like I don't I don't know any of these people really. So I don't watch the music awards. I don't watch these awards. And and the Golden Golden Globes didn't have any black people in their ranks till like a year ago, right? So I don't know. Foreign press. <laughs> Foreign press. So so I I don't I don't I don't I don't. I, I'm paying attention to who who they got in the running for the next bond. I think that's exciting. <laughs> they got an interesting cast of character. You know, they got the Cavell guy who who plays Superman. I don't know if I can see him as Bond. For me, he'll always be Superman or The Witcher. I I can't see him as 007. But but that doesn't mean that he couldn't be 007. So I. I'm done with that. The um the the French guy from uh 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 Emily in Paris, they got him in in a strong. Idris Elba is still being considered, you know. Which 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 is my choice. And then uh Reggae Jean uh from you know the Bridgerton uh phenomena. Uh, they're thinking about him, although he'll need a different haircut. Like he needs a modern haircut. They'd have to give him a really great haircut, you know, because uh, that haircut that he sports now is not going not. He needs a different haircut. So, uh, but he is gorgeous. Might be too young to be Bond. Might be too young. But you can't tell with black people. That's the thing. You cannot tell. <laughs> Just can't tell. I tell you what, I'm excited for uh, Idris Elba to come back in the Luther movie. There's a Luther movie coming in February, March. I can't wait. So I hope it ties up some loose ends. I love Luther the the um the series. That was some good, good, good TV watching. I must say, if you if you not if you didn't watch Luther, you don't know anything about Luther. Get into it. Seriously, get into it. It is just the right kind of grit and sophistication that you want in a TV show. Ugh. Some Brits know how to do it sometimes. They know how to bring you a good production. So so anyway, I loved it. So anyway, they're giving us a movie. And it better get they better it better be a good length movie too. It can't be an hour and 20 minutes. It better be like two hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> It better make me feel like I'm watching Avatar. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. 
Gotta make me feel like I'm watching Avatar, damn it. Because I, I, when he is on the screen, he is commanding. What? And then Ife and I love um, that cat, Diop. I think, it, what is his name? The little French, other African French brother who is in some good movies over there. Um, we like him too. So uh, I think he's a little too rugged to be Bond. Like he's too rugged. Gotta have a little more softness. But he wears a damn good uh, tuxedo. I will say that. He's got a lot of sex appeal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A lot of sex appeal. So, ah. <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, listen. Listen, 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 listen. So, I'm watching this Bond thing closely. Don't disappoint me, uh, Broccoli family. <laughs> don't disappoint. Don't. And uh, and now that now you know, once you follow a film, then all the film, you know how the algorithm algorithms work. Once you follow a thing or say a thing, it, it just shows up in your feed. So now I got all the films, which 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 I like because I would I I wouldn't know how I would get in touch with all these films, you know, that are coming out um, to the theater and coming out to. Uh, uh, coming out to the theater and coming out to uh, 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 the streaming, the streaming services, you know, all the streaming stuff. So uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So I, I'm liking all the streaming stuff. Like I love all the options. I love, I love it. I love you could go to the movies, and I haven't been to the movies in a minute. I love that you could go to the movies, but I also love that I could be home and and have popcorn and 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 all the stuff. I I I like it. I like that I could uh, you know, do all the things. I like it. So anyway, <sighs> that's the way of the world. So, so I don't know when the last time I've been in somebody's movie theater. I need to see what's out there, see what's happening. I think there's always things that I want to see. I, I hate that I didn't see Wakanda at the movies. Now I got to go and look high and low, see if it's somewhere and see if I could get in to see it. I know. If not, I'll just wait for it to come on streaming. I mean, it will. You know, the time just never worked out for me. So, and that's real, like. And in the times when it did work out for me, I was like, oh, I don't feel like going to the movies. <laughs> like, oh, I don't feel like doing that. So, you know, but listen, that's the time. We don't have word on the street on Fridays because, you know, you got one day when we're not doing it. And, uh, you know, you have to have one day that we're not doing it. But we'll be back. And uh, and if you, you go up to the New Haven Independent, you can find them. Find them all, actually. Um, and they're good reads. Paul does a great job. Thank you, Paul, for that. It's nice to get a little slice of New Haven that you don't ordinarily get, you know. Oh, I think New York Times said, let me, let me shift. New York Times said New Haven is one of the 52 best 
cities to come visit, to come visit places to come visit in America. We don't want all y'all over here. <laughs> don't don't y'all all come over here at once either. Don't come over here. Don't don't listen. We building up enough apartments for people to come in to come and live here. I'm not saying don't come live here. I'm just saying don't come all at once. So so yeah, the register posted up the New York Times piece on New Haven as one of the 52 best places in America to go, cities. So I was like, okay, that's nice. I mean, after all, we were the greatest little city in America. We had that distinction for a minute, you know. Uh, and I, I'm staying out the fray of the mayoral race. I don't, I'm not endorsing nobody. I don't like any of these people. And by like, I mean, I don't really know any of these people. So I'm just going to, you know, let's go see how it all plays out. I will vote because that's my right to vote. But beyond that, you know, I will say this. I am I am outdone by all these little uh, black market egg sellers. <laughs> like all these memes about. You know how uh, uh, eggs eggs are so pricey that people are you know getting their little egg man going to the egg man like I need these eggs or like people walking up like I got these eggs. <laughs> I, I haven't bought eggs in a long time, so I don't know what the price of eggs are. But I, apparently, the price of eggs are high enough where it is giving people agita and people are feeling some kind of way <laughs> about the price of eggs. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much eggs are. My daughter buys the eggs. Uh, I think there's some in the fridge. Uh, but uh uh it, it just it's just funny to me. So there's memes on top of memes about um eggs and 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 black market eggs. I guess that's the only way I can say it. Black market. <laughs> So egg dealers are like how you how you how you your weed man used to be. That's um you could go buy weed in public places. Now you've got to like black market your eggs. That's just the world is upside down. <laughs> it's just and so everywhere I go, I see all these little these little memes about you know egg hustling. <laughs> and people are dead serious about it. Like just freaking out about the price of eggs. I was like, okay. 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 Yeah, so. Oh, I'm sorry. The New York Times names New Haven among 52 places around the world to visit. That's pretty, pretty damn cool. That's pretty damn cool. That's pretty cool. So uh, I like that. Although, don't y'all come at once. That's just all I'm saying. Don't don't come at once. Don't come at once. Oh, oops. Oops. Sorry. I'm trying to. Sorry. Trying to turn off stuff. Thank you, Jesse Turner. I feel like I'm perfect at it as is. That's all that's all I know. I don't I don't got nothing else. I don't got no other tricks. 
I'm not going to be, there's no getting more prettier or more beautiful. There's none of that. Uh, I, I, there, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any over control over that. I'm done. You know, and you know, at this age, I, I, I'm not going to be more beautiful, more prettier than what I am. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to, nothing else I can do with that. So I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. You know, I, I, I don't, I chase away those thoughts of, uh, uh, I chase away those thoughts of of making myself presentable to men. I don't I don't have that I don't have that habit anymore. When I was a young woman, of course, you want to be attractive and all that. But now, now you learn a thing or two as you grow up, and you realize I I don't really have a desire to be to be attractive to men in the ways that that, that will lure them to me. <laughs> Like, listen, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, I guess. I guess that's still true. I don't have any other thoughts on that. You know, I I, I, I rarely wear makeup these days. Uh, and I remember being a kid, I used to wear makeup all the time. I had to have it, had to have it. Uh, and then I just got out of the habit of wearing it as I aged. And, and I have makeup. I just, you know, I'm good. I, I like makeup. I like when it's done up. When I, you know, I go sit for winter and it's some event and, and she makes me glamorous. I, I like that. But for my everyday practical care, everyday practical life, you know, and I think COVID too, just, you know, when we had to wear masks, because I, I did love a good lipstick. I still love a good lipstick, you know, uh, but it's not necessary. Makeup is never necessary. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean it that way. I don't begrudge women. I look at women who put on makeup every day and I'm amazed. I'm like, wow. Wow. You know, they know all the tricks. And I have all the tools. God knows I have enough brushes and things. Um, I have all the tools. But, I, you know, I never, I just never, I never think about it unless I have to do it. And I feel like, oh, you know, I put a little color on my face and feel a little more you know, pull together. But for the most part, I don't, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it, not feeling it. So, you know, that's it. That's the thing. And uh, being thinner, I don't know. I don't, I don't think about that as, as a, as a role to attractive, attractiveness either. I'm fat. That's what it is. And you either like fat women or you don't, I don't care. I can't, I can't concern myself with the presentation to being pleasing to someone. And, and then that's the thing that they're attracted to. I, yes, there ought to be some attraction. Absolutely. But that singularly can't be it. You know, desirable. Everybody wants to be desired. I get that. You know, you, you want someone to desire you, you know. But not to the point where that's it. Because looks fade and bodies change and we age and and you can keep it up for as long as you think you can. But at some point, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a no-go. 
So, so you're going to have to have some other things to hold on to, you know, some other things. And that's fine. And I, you know, that's fine. That's fine. So anyway, um, it's, it's Founders Day for us, 110 years of fortitude and service. Um, my Aunt Nancy in uh, South Carolina is a Delta. And my cousin Sharon Belton is a Delta. And I just got a text from them this morning. Uh, Happy Founders Day. And I sent my picture, this pic, the picture you see now, I sent it to them. And, you know, Delta's in my family. <laughs> my daughters uh, are not on that path. You know, like like any good Delta mother, you know, you think, well, maybe they'll, you know, they'll get on the path, but they haven't gotten on the path. Uh, but I have friends whose daughters are uh, sorrows, and I'm, I take delight in that. And, uh, you know, I treat them like my daughters. So, so in an essence, I, I've got daughters, sorrows, you know, niece sorrows. So, uh, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not hung up on that or whatever, because that just is a ridiculous sort of thought. And, uh, and when you think ridiculous thoughts, that means you have no room to think real thoughts. And that's not a real thought. <laughs> I'm not even going to waste my time on that. <laughs> I just said, listen, I wish and it's not. So therefore, <laughs> we just move. We just keep it moving. We keep it moving. We keep it moving. And that's it. That's all you could do. Um, uh, that's all you could do. So I get my nails done today. I don't have any plans for this evening. I've got um, Yale access to law school prep tomorrow. So, you know, I need some good rest to get ready for that because it's last week was our first week and it felt like, ooh. <laughs> so I really gotta, I really gotta be like, oh, let me uh let me let me let me hold on. Let me get this right. Uh I've I I'm finishing up my YDS uh application. And uh uh, I'm submitting it today, letting it fly today. And, uh, uh, and then that's it. And we'll see what happens. If I get in, I get in. We see what happens. And, um, <laughs> so, that's it. All right, let me pull up my PSA. I'm gonna look for that in a minute. Because you know, I've been doing this uh PSA for the links uh, because it's important. And uh, uh and I hope it's making some inroads. Somebody's hearing it at some point. Somebody's gotta hear it. Um, because this is a this is a huge problem in our community. And uh and it has to be addressed, and we have to keep addressing it. So this is flying on the radar. Uh, I know it's 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 one of these things that's it's an uncomfortable reality. Uh, but we can do hard things and we could we could we can think about we could we could do hard things. So uh, and we can save some lives. So just we have to pay attention and be diligent. Uh, that's it. So 
anyway, uh, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. So in a few minutes, I'll, I'll read the PSA that they have provided. Happy to do it. And uh, we're going to take our break as normal. I'm going to go get some water. And uh, uh, drink a little bit of water. And uh, see what else we can get into for the second hour. <laughs> MLK weekend and uh, uh, a couple of people's birth birthdays that I know. So I've been wishing people happy birthday. Uh, looking at all the events I said. So when I come back in the second hour, I should be able to tell you what events are going on. Uh, I sat in on a, 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 a workshop, a storytelling thing last night about artists and reparations out of Providence. Uh, and it was really, really good. I enjoyed it very much. Um, Marilyn Kendricks turned me on to it. It was a tight hour, but it was very thought-provoking. And uh, and it wasn't really about reparations. It was talking about how to tell our stories beyond slavery, you know, and how Africans were here in 1301, you know, before the Mayflower. <laughs> That uh, uh, King um, Abu Bakari uh, sailed here in 1301, you know, and that's the truth. So from the coast of Mali. And uh, so she was telling that story and it was a wonderful story. Uh, And that our history, our story of people, of Black people in the world, does not begin with slavery. It does not begin with our enslavement. It does not begin there. So, so it was a wonderful storytelling event last night. I enjoyed it very much, and it was very thought provoking. And uh, and I'm 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 grateful that I got to hear her uh, tell the story. So um, anyway, let me get back to it. So January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Do you know someone who is a victim of human trafficking? Human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery with illegal smuggling and trading of people for forced labor and or sexual and physical abuse. This is a worldwide problem as well as in our beautiful state of Connecticut. Traffickers target people, both boys and girls, who are vulnerable to promises of a better life and enforcing them to live uh, and work in unfair, abusive conditions. Many traffickers are well-known, living near us and promising and convincing young people and families that their children will have a better life in a new place. Under the United States federal and Connecticut state laws, human trafficking is a crime. Let's work together to protect our children against these horrific crimes. If you are a victim or know someone who is a victim of human trafficking, or if you would like to learn about more about this serious matter, this serious issue in our society, please contact Love146 at 203-772-4420. That's Love146 at 
We need your help. We need your help. This public service announcement is being sponsored by the Waterbury, Connecticut chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. So I'm reading it every month in January. So hopefully somebody will hear it and want to act on it or somebody will say, hey, I think I noticed something or hey, something is happening. So I'm going to take a break. I will be back at 1015. Music will be playing. PSA something. Something will be happening. <laughs> I'll be back. Hi, this is Babs Rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLB 103.5 FM, streaming live at newsindependent.org.
distant shores I've been waiting wanting more for the whole night and it ain't right I've been saying what's on my mind trying to explain what can't be defined and for so long it's been so strong suddenly it's clear now that I can hear The ones that I wrote Oh, these melodies 
There are some memories And these love notes I found in an old coat Mean something new All because of you Oh 
forgetting everything And I don't know the castle I had dreamt that would abide in It's harboring the demons that were hiding from me I could not see that That was the power back to the second hour of love babs love talk on babs rolls ivy it's founders day for the for my sorors the ladies of delta sigma theta sorority incorporated 110 years strong baby 110 years strong so if you see us out there in our red and white today you know why <laughs> it's a friday 13th takeover <laughs> so so uh we are celebrating and we're gonna the Deltas all over the world are painting the town red. So, and what a way to kick off MLK weekend, I must say. There's a lot going on. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Martin Luther King III is going to be in town uh, at Woosley Hall uh, over the weekend to talk about uh, in conversation with uh, um, James Foreman from the law school. So, if you've not had opportunity, uh, and it's floating around on uh, on these internets. Uh, they are doing something. It's free and open to the public. I do think you have to register, though. Uh, I also know that um, the Music Haven Children and the and the uh, St. Luke Still Band are doing uh, uh, their concert for MLK. Uh, look them up. That's a wonderful opportunity. So there's there's a lot going on this weekend. Um, that at the Beinecke, of course, will have uh, an exhibit of uh, things belonging to Martin Luther King Jr. So uh, that they have in their possession. So there's lots of things that you could you could choose the level of involvement. <laughs> you you could pick and choose the level of involvement of MLK activities. So whether you want to be like all in or you want a, a taste, you, there's opportunity and room for you to. Uh, to get it in and uh, I want people to uh I want people to have what they need so uh there's a lot going on let me see let me tell you what else is going on um some of these places I'm trying to get places that are local because you know I got a calendar that's all over the damn place <laughs> that's uh that is uh uh worldwide instead of citywide so the citywide stuff comes up too but i gotta like do a little bit of a search but there's stuff going on all over the place so don't 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 just depend on me to tell you go and look at stuff and 
see what's happening because it's a it's a pretty interesting time and uh we need a word do you know what i mean like we need we need a commitment to 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 re, re realigning ourselves back to the issues of the day and and mlk is a good way to sort of ground ourselves in the work that needs to be done around social justice and just humanity just just humanity so so whether your thing is um whether your thing is music or or you need a preaching or uh you just need to see stuff <laughs> uh uh, or if you just, I, I don't know, uh, Monday here, we're going to play the speeches of MLK. So when you tune in on Monday, you'll hear all the speeches, as many as we could play in the two hours that I, that is my set. Um, and I, we do that because I, I feel strongly that people ought to hear these speeches and, you know, you, you only hear them once a year. So, um, and oftentimes you only hear snippets. So I would I would invite people to sort of set their radios and whatever whatever your your listening device is so that you can hear these speeches in totality uh, because that's where the greatness is uh, about these speeches in the words of MLK Jr. Um, that in totality, you know, when you listen to I Have a Dream, don't just pick out the pieces about you know the content of cut skin and all that other kind of the content of character and color of skin. Ah, uh, go do the whole thing. And so I, I'm looking forward. I'll be tuned in myself because I like hearing the speeches in totality. Um, I do. So, so you won't hear me. We'll just start with um, the speeches in totality and, uh, uh, and just loop them for however long we could do it for, a couple of hours and and let people get a, a sense of the greatness and and to get people contemplative you know I, I love drawing people into a contemplative state so that we can so we can begin to think about where we are um and reimagine where we need to go from here just reimagine i love that word reimagine you know because something exists and how do we how do we sort of make it contemporary for today's struggle for today's fight what does that look like? And so we, so we, so we, we, we hearken back to to the past, um, so that we could learn, and 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 maybe glean something that we hadn't heard before, and then we bring it forward into the contemporary times, um, you know. So the struggle is real, baby. We st we still out here stomping in these streets. We are still doing that work, um, and. MLK is a good motivator, is a, is a is a good motivator to get us thinking about, you know, and, and you know, those of us who are in our 50s and 60s, you know, we were little, little kids. <laughs> we were little, little kids. So, you know, MLK was about the age of my, my, my mother, my parents, right? So I'm just saying. So. So anyway, that's what we're doing. And uh I'm gonna try to catch a few things. Try to catch a catch a few things this weekend. 
I can't promise you I'll be at everything. Uh, and and I, I don't know if I want to be at everything. Uh, I kind of want to dial it back a little bit. Uh, I, I'll be somewhere on Monday for sure. I'll be somewhere on Monday for sure. Um, but the weekend, you know, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, Sunday. We'll see. We'll see what we get into. We shall see what we can get into. And uh, and I'll keep you posted. And whatever I, you know, whatever I get into, I'll come back and tell you on Tuesday. <laughs> I'll be back on Tuesday talking about this is what I did, this is where I was. <laughs> this is who I was with. <laughs> this is what we did. This is what we said. That kind of thing. You know. So we'll see. I'm gonna try my best to to make it to some stuff and uh you know take it all in. Uh I've been I've been hearing a lot about uh uh Prince Harry. I guess we still call him Prince Harry. His book called The Spare. Ooh, that's a chills down my spine when I found out that he was called the spare. Like, damn. <laughs> the monarchy gets down like that. But yes, they do. I don't know why people are so, I don't know. I, I think Disney has done people a disservice about what uh what royal life is like. <laughs> I I think I think what we do is we sort of transfer our Disney experience over to that monarchy experience. <laughs> and then we are all shocked and awed when it doesn't match. Like, what? Uh, yeah. The monarchy, the, the UK monarchy is cutthroat. They've always been cutthroat. They started the world cutthroat. They are the architects of white supremacy. I don't, I don't understand why people think, oh, He's the king and they're the princes of time. It's all lovely and glass slippers. And are you kidding me? Y'all know Henry VIII. Do y'all know any of these people? Catherine, any of them? Do you know any of these people? You know any of their stories? Child. <laughs> See, we Americans are hooked on Disney princesses. Do you know what I mean? Dis Disney royalty. <laughs> you know, Clear de clearly defined villains, <laughs> clearly defined goodness, uh, uh, animals from the forest that talk. <laughs> that's that's Americans' idea of royalty. So we so we get hit with real royalty and what that looks like. We are like aghast, like oh my god, no! These people are the original architects of white supremacy and dominate world domination. Oh my God! You know these are the people that led the the Crusades. Come on, <laughs> these are the people that killed people for all kinds of reasons. Holy cow! I'm just blown away. So, so here comes Prince Harry talking about the monarchy and the ins and outs and the intimacies, and everybody's mad. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're betraying your what? He's telling you what his experience is. How are you gonna be mad at somebody for them sharing what their experiences is, is inside their family? It's just like if you start talking about your family, it's not all gonna be 
you know, light and roses. It's going to be some ugliness to that. Every family, I don't care who's, who's it is. I dare say in the, in the family that Jesus Christ was born into, you can't tell me that there was some jealousy, some rage, some wrongdoing, some betrayal, all of that. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. And everybody's like, oh, I can't believe. What do you mean you can't believe? That's not your family. But if you look at your own family, then you're like, okay, all right. Because y'all know it's a chore to gather for Thanksgiving. It's a chore to gather for holidays. But we do it because we rise above whatever, whatever the pettiness of the family is happening. We all have the ability to do that. And we do it because it's great because the idea of gathering and seeing each other in love and light is greater than the pettiness and the fights that are going on in the family. So you so everybody has a ceasefire, you know, until about five o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving. <laughs> then, it's, then it's back to regularly programmed fighting. But Every family has that. They're, they're not different and they're not better. They're not better. They fail. Listen, King Charles had a beautiful wife, cheated on her with a woman who was not beautiful like his wife, who was not as engaging as his wife, who was not as, as, as beloved as his wife. And then he bring that chick home to his kids and he's like, this is who I'm married. And what are they going to do? They little. <laughs> they can't do a damn thing but go sit up under their grandparents and be like all right dad got a new chick and you know and they still mourning their mother and they still got to do public duties and they have kids you know and they're not going to give these kids their they're not going to have anything that looks like there's a chink in this armor so what do they do they grow up in all that pain and dysfunction and then Charles doesn't give a damn. He's like, I'm going to marry my side chick. I'm going to bring her into the palace and I'm going to shove her down your throats. <laughs> and like he said, she had to do some cleaning up. I don't know where you have an affair with somebody and you bring them into the house. I, I don't know where they do that. But that's some gangster stuff. So, yeah, he's going to feel some kind of way, particularly if it's not. And she probably was lovely to them. I'm not saying she was an evil stepmother, not that Disney mess that we are used to seeing. I don't, I don't think that at all. I think she, she, I think whatever the relationship was, whatever she is to him, we don't know. I don't know. I don't really care, but I don't know what that relationship is. It's what it is. And so much so that he married her. And then before his mama died, she made her the queen consort. So, you know. She can't be queen, but she can be a consort, you know, so, and she came to accept it. Everybody came to accept it. You know, it's just, you know, when every year when Diana's death anniversary shows up, then, you know, everybody gets a little weepy and, and, you know, that chick has got to go and, you know, sit, sit indoors and not be in the way, you know, because, She's part of that. She's part of that story. And she's part of the demise of that marriage. We all saw the interview. We all saw it. You know, we all saw it. So that's what it is. And uh, so he wrote this book. And it's 
blowing out of stores. People were buying it like it's the best thing since paper. <laughs> and uh, he's making the rounds. He's talking about it, you know. Um, and I'm sure they the monarchy. See, if I was the monarchy, and and they had a they had a a good PR people, and not the old school PR people. They would embrace this and say, you know what? Every family, they would go with that. Every family has its problems. We're Our family is just like your family. Take that route. And it's like, you know what? We're going to do everything we can to sort of set the example for being how to work through these issues so that other people could feel compelled to work through their issues. That's how they could be of service to their people, but they're not. They want to they keep up this illusion of perfection. And that doesn't serve nobody, not even them. <laughs> not even them. It doesn't even serve them, right? But if they would have just handled this a little bit differently, you know, and 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 come together and solve some of these rifts and be like, you know what? Yeah, we we beefing, but we still family, you know. And and they were racist to Meghan Markle. They were racist, and they were trying to create. Uh, tension between her and Kate and all this other kind of stuff. And then, oh, she's making everybody cry. Have y'all seen Meghan Markle? Who's she going to make cry? <laughs> she's a slip of a woman. Who is she going to make cry? But that's that narrative of angry Black woman or Black women getting other women told. You know, it's that it's that narrative. Now, there's some there's some truth that we will not tolerate a whole lot of foolishness as Black women. We not. And we, some of us are going to speak our piece. And she strikes me as one of them kind of sisters, you know, uh, that will say what needs to be said. Because I've seen her mama. <laughs> you know, but the fact that, you know, they, they came at her ra with racism. They came at her like that. And they know it. I don't even know why they're trying to say, oh, well, it wasn't racist. And I'm looking at all the press i'm thinking then y'all need a a dei class or something because you know y'all need a little 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 talk on equity and inclusion because this is racism <laughs> this is this is white supremacy speak <laughs> and y'all didn't mean her no no good you didn't mean her no good and y'all trying to blame her for what's going on in the market monarchy She's not from there. This has been going on before she even arrived. The breakdown of communication was already in place. They just didn't want to hang it on themselves. They wanted to hang it on her, which was unfair. So, so yeah. And listen, if he don't want to do royal duties, then go, go, go. He left. He's out. He's like, can we just step back? And they were like, no. <laughs> no, you're not getting a break. We didn't get a break. You're not getting a break. <laughs> and they could have set a new tone. They could have set a new day. And they could have dispatched them in part-time to stuff, to do stuff that would have made more sense for them as a family, as a family that is trying to, to grow. They really could have, they really could have handled that differently. You know, they really could. But because, you know, they had so many other faux pas that I guess they just felt like, well, you know, 
He's not going to toe the line. We're going to strip him of everything. I didn't think that was cool. That looked like mean grandma, you know. Not while you let that pedophile's uncle sit up in there for as long as he sat up there. And y'all knew what he was doing. <laughs> Listen, you know, he's hanging out with Epstein, you know, whatever. Come on. Y'all know what he was about. And you just kind of let it kind of like, well, let's just see if it dies down. <sighs> I'm just saying. That's all right. We're just going to let it go. So anyway, I'm just talking about the book because the book is doing so well. Spare. You know, it's doing so well. And he's making the rounds. And, and you know, he's answering questions. And I know people take issues with him talking about um, um, racism and biases. I'm like, damn, they're trying to set him on fire. I was like, okay. And, and you know, listen, rightly so, get him corrected. But if that's his experience, that's his experience. And that's how he came to figure this out then i heard I, I i heard him i heard what he was saying i heard what he was saying racism is a tough thing to reckon with it is a very tough thing to reckon with because because nobody wants to be seen as racist now they people will claim their biases oh i'm biased and 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 unspoken biases and unconscious biases you know people 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 can settle into that better than they can settle into i'm a racist <laughs> <laughs> people can't that's a hard one right there to sit on racist 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 yeah well that's but you know what did i say the first part of the problem is owning that you have a problem right that's the first first part of solving a problem is recognizing that it's a problem you know so maybe he can't reconcile he's a racist or his people are racist. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you walk into Buckingham Palace and not see all the white folks hanging on the walls and be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I like. I'm talking about these are these are the original architects of colonization. That's racist. <laughs> they went to a whole other continent and took over, killed and pillaged. Raped, killed, and pillaged. I got stories about this. I, hell yeah, they racist. <laughs> they got centuries of receipts. Centuries. Not years. Centuries of receipts of the racism from the monarchy. Are you kidding me? Uh, on the continent of Africa. India. <laughs> Where, wherever white folks went raped, killed, pillaged that's what they did that's what they do it's different now the rape, killing, and pillage takes on other forms but it's it's the architect they're the architects of that stuff so so while he may say bias is all he wants I just think bias just means that they can't speak truth to power about what racism is and privilege and privilege. And if nobody has more privilege than them, I don't know who on the planet does. Honest to God. <laughs> they got more privilege. They when you look in the when you look at a dictionary of privilege, you see the Windsors. <laughs> the Windsors, the Tudors, whatever. <laughs> it's all the same bloodline. <laughs> so I 
you know, I'm not playing that game with people about them. Uh, listen, they're going to figure it out. Or they're going to die trying. You know, they're going to die trying. They're going to figure it out. And I know it can't be easy. And I'm not suggesting that it is. I, I know it can't be easy to be in the public limelight. I mean, we all watched, you know, we all watched The Crown. We see how difficult it is, you know, and the constraints of that. It's it's its own it's its own prison. It's its own gilded prison. It is. And they know it. They know it. But what what else can they do? They're not fit to do anything else. And then this whole business about him talking about you know, his time in Afghanistan and, you know, the kills and all that kind of stuff. We have whole movies about this. We have whole movies killing Middle Eastern people. I don't know why you think him saying he killed 28, 23, 28 people is going to rile the the Middle Eastern folks up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you think it's going to, you think that that's the jeopardy? You think him saying that is the jeopardy for the for your if your uh your military strength are you kidding me there's movies on top of movies where middle eastern people are slaughtered and killed and are the bad guys the bad guys movies whole full feature length movies and you think him saying that is the root of all evil you got to be kidding me seriously <laughs> I, people are misguided and misdirected on so many levels. <laughs> I don't I understand why you're mad at him. He didn't start that war. He didn't end that war. He was in the war and he was saying, I killed this many people. I think if everybody started admitting to how many people they killed, then that that's the first, I think that's the first step in saying people people we kill people that's what i was charged with doing that's what i did i killed people and however way he felt about that he said it now acting like militaries are not for the killing of other people is disingenuous and crazy militaries are for killing it they are for killing <laughs> i don't care how you crouch it you're not sending the military in to bake cakes. You're not sending them in to, to fashion design. You send the military in to kill. What? <laughs> oh, so you don't want them. You don't want people keeping track of how many people they kill? No? You just want them to arbitrarily just be killing people and don't keep count. To me, that says he's got some humanity if he's keeping score. I, I, that's how I see it. It might be wrong. I might be wrong. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, it's not like I've never been wrong. But I, I, I just feel like if you could say I killed people and know how many people you killed, that's the first step of understanding that your humanity is in question. Because if you could just kill without count, you could just kill without thinking. That's a dangerous place. That is very dangerous. And, and armies and military might is for killing. Let's not make any mistakes about that. Militaries are for killing. You can say defending. You can say uh, offending. You can say all. You can say whatever you want to say. But at the end of the day, it's for killing. 
We don't have a military to bake cakes. They're not going in there to cook people to death. They're not going in there to fashion design to death. <laughs> They're going in there to kill. When you send your military, you are going to kill. That's it. I, I want people to sort of understand that. Understand that. So I, I get it. People feel like, you know, it feels like it's impolite. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I, it doesn't feel like he was sharing secrets to me. He's just saying, this was my experience. I killed X amount of people. And, I, and this is how I felt about it. You know, this is what it was. This is not my life now, but that was my life then. And, 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 and it played into the pain and suffering that I was enduring. See, that, I think that's real talk. That's real talk. You know, I'm not defending him. I'm not, I don't got no dog in that fight. I'm not anywhere near close to the monarchy. But I feel like if you could say that stuff and come out all right, that's the first step in your journey to healing, whatever is hurting you. And if we could get more people to do that, maybe the world would be a lot better. You know, but to act as though the military doesn't is not designed to kill people, to act as though, you know, to 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 that you feel like he's bragging about kill people when we have whole war movies about killing people. We have we have years and years and years of war movies bragging about killing people and, and our superiority and, and wins. When when you fight a war, you you, you talk about your wins. <laughs> that it's that you know what what's a bigger brag than a win than a win so you know i've just i just feel some kind of way about the way that we have these ridiculous conversations but anyway i don't know if i'll ever get around to that book because it's not in my top 100 <laughs> and god knows i've got 3000 books in front of me uh and it that ain't one of them it's just not so uh i'm just letting people know that uh, but I know there are people who are going to read it and and want to discuss it and dissect it. And that's fine. It's not on my radar. You know, I, I might get around to it, but unlikely. <laughs> unlikely. Unlikely. So, but uh, I, 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 I am paying attention to... Uh, his Royal Highness. I don't even think you call him Royal Highness anymore. He says, listen, we we have grown up calling him Prince Harry. That's what we're going to call him. We're going to call him Prince Harry. <laughs> Prince Harry from L.A. <laughs> I don't care what the monarchy say. They can't stop it. We're going to call him that because that's what we know. We're not going to call him Harry. Let's say Prince Harry or Duke of whatever. So anyway, I just find that interesting that his book has outsold and did so well i mean they got to make money some kind of way you know although i know his mama left all her money to him so whatever money she had she left to him and so they listen i don't got they're not starving they're not in the streets they're not they're not without means and resources you know uh, they're not so so i don't say this to say that i'm worried about them at all i'm saying it I'm I'm talking about it in a way that we like to talk about celebrity, but we don't really like to talk about celebrity. And then and then you have a figure of international fame, um, who we watch grow up, um, 
it, it becomes uh, personal for people, you know, and it's in our consciousness. So eh. <laughs> I'm not going to get the book, you know, but I, I bet you I know somebody who will read the book. Not me, though. Not me. So good luck to that. So I'm on my way out because uh, it is uh, Friday. I had a good week. This has been a good week. Thank you all for letting me uh, get some things off my chest, share some stuff. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everybody who listens. Thank you for running up on, running up on me on the streets. I still appreciate that. Uh, and thanks for like sending people my way who you think I should talk to. I appreciate that too. So uh, I, I'm going to plan up some guests and uh, we'll have some guests in the next coming weeks and it'll be nice to talk to other people. So I hope y'all are uh, well. Enjoy this weekend. Get out and take in some MLK stuff if you can. Or if not, tune in on Monday. We'll be playing the speeches in totality so that you can at least, you know, sit and be contemplative about uh, the words. Let the words wash over you. Um, and that's good. So uh, have a good week, Harry. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. And uh, everybody at WNHH. I'll see you all on Tuesday. If you feel that comfortable, you ain't gotta go nowhere. You ain't gotta go